0: Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way Podcast. Welcome to another Manalog episode. So today I want to share seven opinions that I have right now. But before that, some context. Those of you that have known me for a a long time uh, know that I am very opinionated or have been very opinionated. And not only am I opinionated, I am aggressive often about those opinions and sometimes eloquent about those opinions. Um, And what I've learned though, with a lot of inner work um, is that having strong opinions and getting worked up about things was really a combination of dopamine chasing and um, unintegrated trauma coping mechanism. And here's where that comes from. Not that all opinions are like this, but having strong opinions when you don't know your identity is a way to carve out your own sense of self, even if it's a hologram. And I was raised both on the ranch and at home in in environments that did not encourage uh, sharing of opinions, uh, except unless you were, you know, an adult. Um, I did it anyway, but I, I often got in trouble for having such strong opinions. And, there's some level here of realizing that I I was relying on these strong opinions to be seen. Um, I, I was, became like the, the king of the pithy one liner or focused on being tweetable and saying, saying things that were, you know, I suppose funny. Well, at least people laughed, but it was an attempt to draw attention to myself um that I realize i don't I don't really want to do anymore. Uh, the other thing that I think is important to, for myself to realize is that men in particular um, will share opinions when really they mean to share their feelings, and it's like a buffer. And there was a lot of that as well. Like having an opinion was safer than expressing a strong feeling. Um, And I don't don't, um, identify with my opinions anymore. I mean, I have them. I put them in the bucket of like preferences or maybe observations. Um, I, I allow my perspective to be fluid. Now, on the things that are the most important to me, like certain virtues, certain behaviors, I am, um, I, I'm, I want to be and I hope I am consistent in those, and those are less, they're, they're porous, but they're not fluid. Um, so with that as a backdrop, I wanted to share seven opinions. You can call these perspectives, opinions, whatever you want to call them. And these really are, are curated from kind of just where my mind is at. It's so often, especially in the last 10 years, I would lock into it like one idea, um, and fixate on it and write about it, talk about it. And it was like that, that was the thing for a little bit. And then I move on. But now I just have these general observations. I feel like sharing with y'all. So number one, can we please stop asking each other, how are you? This opinion came from a conversation with my dear friend, Vanessa, who said, how are you? And I answered, and we both said, that's kind of a stupid question. Why do we ask that? Um, it's filler. And, and so I've been consciously um, asking people different questions, whether it's friends, you know, business associate, the the barista, the server, whatever. And so an example for this is um, I stopped and got a coffee yesterday and I asked the barista, um, what are you most excited about in your life right now? And it was funny because she kind of like, expected, you know, just another transaction, and it led to a conversation. Um, the uh, other thing that I have an opinion about is how we answer that question. And um, I think it's an interesting thing to, sh- to share people what we're feeling, not what we're doing, but what we're feeling. And I've done that recently, too, when somebody says, how are you? So I'm feeling this, or I'm kind of in a state of mind of this, as opposed to activities or, or the, just the cursory, oh, fine, or things are great. Um, so there's opinion number one, not super controversial, I suppose, but that's the opinion. Uh, number two, maybe it's an observation more than opinion, but I'm at a stage of life at 53, 54 later this year that I, I can't tell if I'm aging or evolving. <laughs> and what I mean by that is when you change your brain chemistry when you change, um, you know, with trauma integration and consciousness and inner work, you, you do change your brain chemistry. And I am much more productive, uh, probably as productive as I've ever been in my life. And that's what really a balance of the right the right medication, the right amount of sleep, and good, you know, energy management and time blocking skills, Um and, you know, taking time on things that are, are, you know, extra important. Um, and so, but what I mean by aging or evolving is there are certain things too, where I don't know if this is like what it's like to get older, or maybe my body is just adapting to the different brain chemistry that's way less fixated on, on dopamine and controversy and, you know, um, things like that. Uh, So I do notice that I do make sounds when I sit down and stand up Uh, and I'm very aware of, I I can't ever remember what brand it is, where it's the guy, maybe it's progressive insurance where he's given lessons to people to not be like their parents. Um, And I I do find certain things that I do to be sort of like older man-ish, which is sort of amusing because I certainly don't feel old. In any really in any way other than sometimes early in the morning um, so it's an interesting thing for me to to examine like oh I'm assuming this is aging but maybe it's just my body changing to where my brain chemistry is at I mean in particular when I work out which isn't enough I feel str- as strong as ever in, and or hiking or other like physical activities I, I don't I don't I, f- I don't feel that way but it's when I'm mostly when I'm still is that my body feels different now. All right, number three. Um, this one is political. Um, I think it's, well, I got a couple of political opinions today. The First of all, Alexei Navalny and Vladimir Zelensky are lions. And when we look at modern history, especially American leaders, Where are the lions? Where are the ones that stand up? Now, Mitt Romney, I would put him in there somewhat. He's sort of a, you know, a dull-toothed lion, but he still stands up for what he believes in. I definitely put Liz Cheney in there uh, as a lion, Um, and the majority of the people that were in the prior Trump administration that have. Come out and talked about what's really what really happened. they're lions in a lot of way, especially, especially um, I believe her name was Cassidy Hutchinson is a lion, but where are ours? And I find it especially repugnant that the current likely GOP nominee is such a public flater of Putin, and the only thing he did. Uh, said about Navalny's murder is that this is his, um, his crimes and fines and things. That's the equivalent here. And there's something about that, that similar to the feeling I had when George Floyd was murdered and when January 6th happened of like this deep sense of this moment in history where that, 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 things that there's certain behavior that is, it's not just treasonous to the United States, it's treasonous to humanity. And I find that to be like disturbing, like whoever, whoever runs for president and, you know, in the future is where are the lions? And I think part of the reason that we don't have lions in politics anymore is because the machine, the, the, the business model of politics is, um, you know, about division. Um, and there's no, there's no, um, reason in many ways for lions to stand up. That's why you see them much more in, um, like businesses or nonprofits or social movements. That's where you see the lions in these modern times. Okay. Number four. Number four is I'm super excited, happy that country music is having its moment. And it's kind of a, a two part thing here. One is, is that thanks to pressure from real country artists that were dominating some, many of them independent country artists, um, we've kind of killed off bro country. Now there's still pop, uh, you know, pop beats and snap tracks and, way too many lyrics about truck beds and cold beer and, you know, bare feet on the dashboard. But by and large, modern country music is real country music in the way it's written and the way that it sounds, the way that it's produced. And so even, even um, singers that were more poppy A few years ago, have moved back over to much more of a of a country sound. Um, Morgan Wallen, in particular, a lot more steel in his steel pedal in his last album. And and then the other country music moment is that you're seeing not just crossover. I mean, crossover in countries happened since Elvis. Um, You know, Elvis up to Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton. You know, they have crossover appeal. Taylor Swift started off there as well in Crossed Over. This isn't about crossover. This is about pop artists adopting country. Um, the most famous of them is the most famous example from a consistency standpoint is Post Malone, who has really re... He's still a rapper, I suppose, but he's rebranded himself for, for his love for country music. And he's actually changed his style, even the way it looks. and But but recently is uh, Beyonce's new song. has got a country uh, beat in it and it references Texas, but it's got a specific country beat that you don't almost, you almost never hear in pop music. And so I think that's cool. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't really care because we have access to the artists that we want to listen to. But as a long time, since I was a little, little kid, fan of country music, it's nice to, see country music having its moment these last three are uh well at least the next two are pretty short number five i love the travis and taylor story and it's just a bonus that it pisses off the right people and it's a weird thing that not just the conspiracy theories but they're like there was too much of them it's in my face i was like why why is that reaction why why do you have that reaction now this is my opinion and that's your opinion that's fine it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, And we have a, we have a strange relationship with celebrity in this country. And, you know, we we sometimes venerate people and then tear them down. But when something genuine happens, it's, it's weird to be against it. as something that's genuine. Like I think about, I wonder how miserable the relationships are, are for the people that hate the Taylor and Travis story curious about that. Number six, this is a mildly controversial observation that I've just noticed in public and actually on social media too. If you see a white dude with a big cross necklace outside of his shirt, that guy is going to have some really weird and strong religious beliefs. He's likely going to be a conspiracy theorist. He's, he's likely going to try to uh, get you to go to church uh, and and interestingly if it's a person of color wearing a cross outside their shirt then you think oh that person is religious or it's a piece of jewelry that they're showing to sh- you know that's important something important to them but again my opinion I may be wrong is that it's interesting how different that is how different the reaction at least for me is and I'm curious For those of you that listen to this, if you, if you notice the same thing, um, and you know, I'll leave it at that. Uh, there's an interesting, that's an interesting social observation slash opinion. Finally, number seven, I, I want, I, I believe that simplifying your life, which is a kind of a common, like hack thing now is more than a bit of illusion. And that's because If you're, especially if you're self-employed or you have like a, you know, a a career that's like a six-figure type career, there's a lot of stuff you can't opt out of. Um, And I can imagine like it is now with having kids. Um, Andre is 14 and very low maintenance, um, but I know lots of families that, you know, have to have like complex calendars because of the kids' activities, which, you know, we did with Logan and Caden too, um, but largely because it doesn't feel optional. So you don't really simplify uh, with that. And so I think, yeah, we can get rid of stuff. Sure. Virginia and I are going through the house, kind of doing room by room and, and seeing what we can sell or give away or, or you know, throw away. I, that's a, a good step, but it doesn't necessarily simplify your long-term life. And so... What I've been doing lately is just thinking less about simplification and more just about managing my mind, managing my reactions to things, Um, reducing the amount of self-imposed suffering I have by expecting things to be any different than they are, Um, getting upset about things that don't work out the way I want them to, like, you know, over-indexing being upset, not just annoyed but upset um to me that's simplifying because the focus is on contentment for me that's why i want to manage my mind and in and, and that part i'm managing the thing that really determines what's what i'm what's being simplified or not and my current working theory is that if you manage your mind you can and you have some good systems that you you don't have to, you know, cut way back or get rid of like technology or become a luddite or or whatever. You don't have to do that, and I think this idea of trying to simplify our lives is mostly doesn't work. So, seven opinions from Justin Foster. Uh, I might be wrong. But these are my opinions, and I appreciate you listening. That's it for today.